Hi, I'm Gauri Chalatilam and welcome to Business of Building. A personal note from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Today, I'm hoping to talk a bit about my personal journey. My objective with this podcast was to introduce our listeners to some inspirational leaders. When I started out in the industry and my workplace, access to these leaders was not so easy. Technology has opened up some incredible doors for us today, which has made it possible for us to document their experience and journey. And not only that, share with as many of our listeners as possible. So how did my humble journey begin? I look back at it sometimes and wonder how did I get where I am right now? And is this where I actually wanted to be? How has this journey led me to being where I'm today? I am an engineer, entrepreneur, founded a boutique PE firm based in London, ILS Capital, with my husband, James Lamb. I'm a commercial director of FHPESS, which is a sustainable M&E consultancy for the changing world, who are also powering the podcast. Passionate about diversity and inclusion in workplaces. I'm a champion for ESG agenda for every organization, big or small. Amateur painter. And I'm working hard on my wellness index, which given the commitments can go up and down. But Joe Wicks, yes, I'm name dropping here, but I do follow his program. And since actually when the COVID started, so I missed one of the sessions, the first one, until a friend of mine recommended and then I started doing it. So I didn't miss any of the sessions, Mr. Joe Wicks. But they do help me and keep me in check. I've been thinking long and hard before I record this episode as to what I will speak about, what the listeners want me to talk about, and what do I want to achieve after this episode, or what do they want to achieve after this episode. And after much deliberation, I've come to a sort of conclusion, thank God. I wanted to talk to you about a few stories and my learnings through my childhood and adult life, but only because I keep coming back to them again and again to redirect, readjust my trajectory, which can go on and off, as you can imagine, when I feel a bit off track, which happens more often than I care to accept, to be honest. I have already spoken about this, but I come from a very humble family background from a suburb in Mumbai called Mulland. I was lucky to say I've had nothing wanting in my upbringing, but I have seen my parents work really hard to make sure I get access to best of what I have for my career as well. This is not a surprise story. Most of our parents do that. And it's, it's just shaped me quite a lot seeing them, how hard they work. I'm quite aware that a lot of us have that in the background. One of the earlier lessons, actually, that I learned from my parents was patience and building meaningful relationships. And this is probably a bit more from my mum. My mum was an entrepreneur. She started her beauty therapy business from our lounge and pretty much supported our family through thick and thin. I used to help her take appointments when I was old enough to manage a diary. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes she would complain she couldn't read my handwriting. But there it goes. Um, and take notes for her. Sometimes I would come after school and her clients would be at the door and I would open the door say hi how are you greet them and walk away and she would really get annoyed at me for not asking them if they wanted water if they wanted something to eat you know telling them my mom would be a bit longer and make yourself comfortable or just like looking in the eye and making that conversation and being close to being a teenager or whatever it was it was just like come on do i really need to do that but yes i did and those were certain things which i have learned and i've taken back even now it helps me quite a lot to make that engaging conversation to make people heard to make them feel that they belong it's very important for me 
This was always the rule in our house. Everyone was offered a drink, water, Indian tea, and always something to eat to go with it, no matter how difficult some of the clients were. Even when she said she had no time, they would persist. They would change timings, adding more things to do. I never saw her be rude to them or speak out of turn. She was assertive, but never rude. That was absolutely incredible to have as a quality. I would like to say I strive for that, but you know, difficult times sometimes, but it's quite incredible as to how people react to it. One of the experiences I do remember, which I saw her to be the strongest at the time, I was giving my A-levels equivalent exams in Mumbai, in India, when I think it was the second or third test when I came home and my dad had complained. His arm was hurting and I was at home, I was studying for the next test. And when my mum came from her appointment or her beauty business, I took him to the doctor. Mama said, don't, you know, don't let him go alone. You can go with him. And I was due for a break anyway, so I went with him. And the doctor said, hmm doesn't look good you should go and get um ecg electrocardiogram so back we came in an auto rickshaw and my dad and i went there so when he was complaining you know his arm was hurting i i saw him writhing in pain like in in the house like literally rolling on the floor anyways take two um he had had an angina during that period um and then he was taken to iccu once his ecg results were back I remember going to the hospital with my mom and we were walking home and I was crying because I knew something was wrong. It was serious, but didn't know the details, obviously. And my mom was like, had tears in her eyes as well. But, and we're literally coming back home and trying to figure out what next, literally what next, as we face one of the biggest challenges. We got home and she had an appointment and literally she had to walk out and say, I'll be back in time to make dinner and then we'll take dinner to Papa. Being an ICU, you weren't allowed to stay in there for long. And that's that's a person who was very professional outside. Like if you had met her five minutes after she walked out of the door for an appointment, you couldn't tell what was happening, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, the next few days I would do my test, go straight to the hospital. My mom would make lunch and I would sit there and study whilst uh, my mom went for her appointments and I used to give lunch to my dad and that's that's how the next few days were me sitting and studying in the hospital so patience great and standing tall against any odds with a smile and a level head is what I've learned from her like that is what I learned at that period her patience has really led to her being a formidable force in building relationships with people. People reach out to her for advice, supports. You know, she's the center and the beating heart of our family. I absolutely owe her a lot for my being, the way I look at my life and people around me. Sometimes when I have got the most challenging times, I'd be like, how would she deal with this? Which is quite nice to have. It's also worth noting that building relationships I have always sensed people need to feel hurt, like really hurt. As a leader, your teams, you know, if you're a leader and you've got lots of teams, this can come at a cost for you as well. Sometimes it will cost you your patience. Sometimes it will ask, you know, the people will ask more of you than you have to give. But that's a responsibility one takes when you take that leadership role. And it's just acknowledging that once you're up there, that's what comes to follow anyway. You can lead from behind or you can lead with the teams. 
by your side and these meaningful relationships are a core of what builds the team around you i've learned this firsthand from my grandfather as well i mean he was probably the first role model me me and my cousins as in his grandchildren had we used to see him and people following him people coming for his advice at home Again, no one was left unattended. Everyone was helped, everyone had food. And that was absolutely incredible. I think my mum learned, my mum learned that from him as well. And she's still, you know, he's no more, but I know that he has left a massive impact on the family and they have all taken a lot from him and what he has done in the community as well. And the amount of charitable things he has done. So yeah, it's quite incredible to have that as a, as a backup in the family. One of the other things which I keep coming back to, and even now, you know, while I do this podcast has been quite incredible is, um, and I keep saying that to the teams as well, it's very easy for all of us to say, hey, that's not right, this is not right, you're not doing this right, or, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if change or that change, and so you can be the change, I guess, what I'm trying to say. So there's this famous saying, um, it's an adaptation of uh, what Mahatma Gandhi said, is be the change you want to see. And I really firmly believe that. The other way of looking at it is take agency in your life. Uh, Don't be a passenger because then it lets you make those changes. Um, This is the one learning I keep coming back to time and again. I mean, (laughs) this is how I started my journey as an engineer started my studying and (laughs) although there is this firm belief that asians you know you're either a doctor engineer or a lawyer or you know those are the career options left for you i guess that wasn't the case for me (laughs) as in it was in a way but it wasn't um my cousins vivek and chirag um were vital role models for me in that journey they they are you know they're amazing engineers As a child, I spent a lot of weekends with them, played all the games, Um, little boys, children would play. I was never made to feel that I was a girl, but, you know, I was always included in all the adventures. There was nothing like, you can't do this or you can't do that, which which was quite an incredible thing for a little girl growing up in India in a suburb. That, for me, there was no gender barrier. I was a part of the of the group, of the team. They're both engineers, as I said, and really good ones. Uh, For me, this part seemed like a right one until I got admissions in the university, one of the best ones, um, which I really wanted. And then I hit a wall, (laughs) quite literally hit a wall. I started thinking, do I really want to do this? Or is this because someone else wants me to do it? Is this the path which has been laid out in front of me and I didn't want it? Although I did, but at that time I was like, is this because everyone else is saying it's cool that I'm doing it or do I really, really want it? So here I was with the admissions, accepted and decided I'm not going to do it. And I started biotechnology course uh, with one of my other friends um, and went there for a month. I genuinely had admissions for this engineering course and I didn't turn up for one month. I didn't go. And... I just remember one of the evenings thinking that me not deciding having these admissions was a decision, if that makes sense, because I was deciding on my indecision to continue this. And that was a biggest decision. And I don't know what clicked, but I felt like it was the biggest risk I was taking by not deciding. 
And um, so next morning, my mum actually still remembers this. She had made um, rice for dinner the night before. I packed the leftovers in the lunchbox and literally told her, I'm going, I'm starting my course in engineering. I'm done waiting. And off I went. And he's, uh, this was before mobile phones, didn't have mobile phones. So here she is thinking, okay, will she be let in? Will she get to attend the lectures? Where is she? She's not turned up. So the whole day she was waiting for me to come back. And she says, even now you came back like really nonchalantly, like, hey. And my mom was like, so did you go? How was the day? And I was like, yeah, it was really good. I don't know why I didn't do this before. But yeah, it was it was one of those moments in my life which I look back and I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> why, why did I waste one month? But maybe it was knowing it was my decision and coming to terms with it as my decision rather than feeling for my entire life I could have been some someone else. So um, yeah, it was... <laughs> It's a story my mom would tell anyone she meets if they ask her how did she go, how did Gary end, ended up being an engineer. So after my engineering, I wanted to come abroad for further educations, and um, my parents were pretty open about this. Uh, they were, you know, we come from a middle class family in Mumbai. It's very different to a middle class in this country. Um, so they said, "Look, Gary, great, you're doing well." And we're so happy that you want to do this and, you know, take opportunities abroad and we can totally see you doing it. However, we can't afford the whole whole thing. So what what should we do? Where do we go from here? And then Vivek, my cousin, we looked at some options for applying for um, sponsorships, scholarships and so on. And so applied for uh, the Tata scholarship, which is quite a coveted scholarship in India. And um, and then I had to do a lot of references. This is I I don't know if this is a thing here, but we have to get references from people who have worked with us, who know you, before you do any big applications. So I had my friend Nelinish and his dad, um, who was a government officer, gave me some references because he was at a good post, and it meant a lot to have people recommending you from really good posts. And then I got the scholarship. I mean, where I'm going with this is. Uh, it's one of the most defining experiences I had in my life as to how fickle life is. I got my scholarship and I got a confirmation letter from Tata after rigorous like interviews and so on. It was the best feeling in the world, feeling like, ah, I am okay. Um, I'll, I'll get somewhere. People do, people do seem to recognize that I'm doing good things and I worked hard for it, but the recognition part was quite nice to know. I called Nalini's dad to say I got scholarship and I'm going, you know, I, I, I've figured it out and I'm going to go now abroad and thank you so much. And uh, will he and Nalini have lunch with me? So I went to see them. My friend couldn't make it. So we just had a quick lunch, grabbed a bite to eat and went away. That evening, uh, I found out there were bomb blasts. This, this is in August. Um, in the trains in India, in Mumbai, in the western bound trains. So there's eastern line and western line for local trains. And the first thought which comes is who all live on those western lines, friends and family, and um, called everyone. And then obviously thought about um, Nalinish and his parents because they lived there as well and called him. And he, my friend said, we can't find my dad. And it was just this split moment and then 
the whole night we are calling him he's like we still don't know where he is we still don't know where he is and the next morning me and my friend Pankaj we took his bike and went to help Nalinesh look for his dad and I was the last one to have met his dad so we're going from hospital to hospital trying to find injured people hoping that we don't have to go the other side um and he wasn't there in any of the hospitals where they had taken the injured people and then i still remember like in the afternoon sitting down on the curb on the side of the road deciding we need to start looking to the other side and then um i won't go into the details but um we found his body um and that was the moment where it was it was you know as a 20 or something to see that just just to see the scale of what had happened and to come so close to it you know until then all these bad things which used to happen used to feel like really even now actually sometimes they feel in a really far away land where you feel you're in the in the security of your home and that it's not going to touch you um but this was as close as it could get it was one of my best friends his dad was there one minute with me and not anymore so yeah that 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 was the time where i realized life is very very unpredictable and you have to make the most of it and cherish every minute and then i start thinking did i say nice things to him before i left you know because as the last person to have spoken to him um from the friend and family like his children had not met him and it was it was just one of those moments where you really really start looking differently of what your actions can have an effect on but yeah it was it that that was the moment where kind of it all clicked in that i really need to make things happen for the way i want them to be because you just never know tomorrow tomorrow may not be there you might just have today so what you do today you need to make it count um but yeah i mean one of the other ones which comes again and again and again when when i try something new um and it's not so much of an anxiety but you know you're trying something new you have butterflies and you're just um wondering is is it going to work is it not going to work is this the right part is this the right decision for now do i have time do i not have time all that stuff uh, when you're trying something new so i always have to say that to myself all the time be comfortable with being uncomfortable you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable absolutely i mean this is where the growth happens if i'm doing the regular stuff i am just gently churning days for me the growth is when i'm doing above and beyond which i have not tried before and it's the first time i'm doing it that's where i'm growing i'm getting more experience i'm learning and that's that's the reason why it's so important to to embrace being uncomfortable to embrace the uncertainty and to embrace the new experiences there are so many times when feels in deep waters and you start questioning why are you here and doing this wouldn't it be easy if you don't do it i mean almost every two days so wouldn't it be easy if, if I was I was I was in a job, for example, you know, you talk to you do what you're told or 
not that I did that in a job anyways, I was always stretching the boundaries, but it's very natural to feel this. And it's like this fight or flight thing clicks in your brain. When you are in that uncertain environment, do you, do you run or do you keep going kind of thing? And what would you pick is the question. There are times I come back to thinking, yes, it would be so easy not to continue and be happy with where I am, with the status quo. But is this what I really want? Or do I want a bit of change? Do you want to stretch myself? And most of the times the answer is I need to power through. <laughs> One of the best, best examples. I'm so sorry, I'm um, stammering here a bit, but it's it's a very emotional one as well. I, I came to UK and, you know, in India, you live with your parents until, until, until you take the next decision. Maybe you get married or you're doing a job somewhere else or whatever, but staying, living with your parents is, is very common. Um, so until I came to UK, after my engineering, I did a bit of um, a stint of a job when, when I moved out um, uh, to western part of India. Then I came back and decided I'm going to go once I got all the scholarships and uh, came to UK. Uh, why UK? I, I could have, I mean, that's the question a lot of the family ask as well. Why didn't you go to US? We have so much family there. I guess that was the reason uh, to come to UK. Maybe it was a naive one at the time. Um, I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, not a lot of family here, which is kind of cool. I get a lot of freedom. Um, <laughs> like a naive 20, 21 year old thinking these things where it's like, uh, no one will ask me do this, don't do that kind of thing. And uh, also, I mean, on a more experience based um, argument, it was like, if I'm going abroad, I want the experience abroad. Uh, it would be nice to have family around, but I want to create that mark. I've, I've, I have always had a really nice network around me and I've been protected by all the people who love. And it just felt a um, bit of a raw vigor to go out and test the waters and not have that safety net and see what happens. And so I land in UK and I still remember in the bed in YMCA crying. <laughs> uh, it was actually, it was an Indian youth hostel in near Warren Street and I was crying, crying my eyes out thinking what am I doing here? I'm an only child so it was like I've left my parents back home, why am I here? Don't know anyone around, I have no friends, no family, why did I make that decision? I could be so much better, it would be so much better to be back home but again the same voice, well you need to power through and you didn't want the status quo, that's why you came here. So you need to give it a chance. You need to fight through. And so I did. I mean, um, I won't, you know, my friend wouldn't mind quoting me, um, quoting her. Um, my first, I found the flat on Gumtree, my first um, flat share, student share. I had a cousin who came to help me to look at that. I moved in and I just come with a bag from India, just one bag, obviously. and. On the first night, um, I had no sheet, but I had a sheet. And when you come from Mumbai, a sheet is literally like a thin fabric. Um, and I was so cold. I was so cold that in the night I couldn't sleep. I opened up my bag and took all the clothes, my towel, my, my jacket, my clothes, everything, and just like put them on my body to keep me warm. So next morning, Sarah, my friend, 
really good friend of mine now uh comes downstairs and says hey how are you doing and so on and just has a peek in the room and it's like this entire bed full of clothes strewn around and she's like are you okay i was like oh i didn't sleep at night at all i was <laughs> struggling she's like oh gosh what happened and i'm here i am saying i'm so cold i how do you guys stay warm i'm so cold and she looks at me and says, where is your duvet it's the girl from Mumbai. I am looking back at her with an absolute question mark of her face. What is a duvet? What is a duvet? And she just looked at me. She's like, you do not know what a duvet is. I was like, no, I have a sheet. And she she was just, I don't know. She, she, I don't remember her expressions particularly, but I think she was just like shocked or gobsmacked. I need to ask her about that. And uh, she took me to Woolworths at the time and we got the heaviest, like it was like 15 togs or whatever. The togs was a new thing. Duet, bed cover, duet cover. So the duet was for a tenner from Woolworths and I thought it was so expensive. I used to find milk very expensive when I came to UK as well. What, 100 rupees for milk? Um, but anyways, those were the days and it was just absolutely incredible to think that that's where it started and to look back and see where I am today and think, gosh, if I hadn't powered through at the time, I wouldn't be here sitting, talking to people um, with my family, with my little boy, with the, the amazing teams, amazing friends, friendships more family I've made here it's it's just absolutely incredible I mean it's it's really difficult to believe that I could have given up and gone back and none of this future or present would exist it's just yeah it's difficult to think about it like that but if you asked me 20 years ago Gary this is this is your journey I'd be like what <laughs> You're joking, no chance. I mean, even as talking to someone today, even if you said 10 years ago, I would be like, no way. Really? Is that, is that, what, is that what I'll be doing? Now, now coming back to that, I'm just thinking out loud here that even if you asked me five years ago, you would do, or a bit more than that, you would do m and you leave your corporate job, I would be like, no chance. I mean, that that is another story. That's a, another experience moving from corporate to m and I did a course um, and a lot of people, including my husband, thought I was getting distracted. What? You're going to do a course for business buying? m and Really? I mean, this, this is field notorious for not having a lot of people, a lot of women. Um, so the, the diversity is quite quite challenged in the industry here. Just speaking for myself and what I've seen, I don't have the numbers of facts to hand, to be honest, and maybe it's different, but it's just something I've seen being at the table so many times uh, with a lot of business owners and there are not a lot of women I meet who are business owners. So when I see, um, I just grab onto them <laughs> um, and stay in touch. Um, but yeah, I knew something about it felt right. It was the right decision, right direction to explore. I mean, I had been in big organizations in very pivotal positions and I'd been, I'd worked hard, 
um, I had the right support from my team, so I was lucky, whatever you call it, but I needed, I knew I needed to take the next step to get more exposure of the business, not in a silo looking after one side of it, but in looking at business in its entirety. Um, so it felt the right thing, so I completed the course. And the main thing that I've learned since as well is the success of anything, anything you learn, anything, any idea, it all depends on the consistency of the delivery after. So there is there is no magic. Like even I fall into the trap sometimes when I'm looking at these amazing leaders and I'm like, oh, tell me that one thing, one thing that I can do and change my life and be like you, man, just like amazing. But it's there's no magic formula. There's literally showing up day after day believing in what you're doing finessing your product your pitch and delivery without worrying too much about the result because that that can catch you off guard and you can get into this vicious cycle so stop worrying about the result worry about how to deliver what to do what not to do and what works, what doesn't work, and that, that would be the thing I would learn. Um, but yeah, there are there are no shortcuts. Um, even you know the best of the ideas, really, it will be a shortcut to the idea, perhaps. But you need to, for being in the right place, and at the right time, you need to be showing up at the right place and the right time, a lot of times, and then it becomes right. If that makes sense. Um, so it's a steady skillful execution to make it into a success story so yeah i mean those were quite a few things from the blast from the past as it were um in the next episodes i will try and talk about my present day challenges and what i see the future hopefully holds for me however that's quite a funny thing because i always again it's a trap isn't it because you see i'm here at a and i'm gonna go to b and it's going to be this smooth, I know what milestones I need to hit on the way, and off I go. It's never like that. I look back and my entire, whatever, short career it is, it's all up and down, all over the place. Uh, did this, didn't work out, did that, oh yeah, it worked out kind of thing. So it's never, never a straight path to anywhere you want to go. It's it's a journey, isn't it? It's, uh, they say it's a journey, it's not the destination. And so for me, it's what does that journey hold would be the right thing to say. But this is me, Gary Talatilam, signing out. Thank you so much for listening to The Business of Building.